Who was here last week? Who heard the podcast of Stacey's message? And if you put your hand up, you're lying because it's not up there yet. <laughs> because I've got to put it up after I do mine because I'm stealing some of her content. So it's all good. But last week, Stacey was talking about faith. And I love faith. It's an area that I've been challenged with in my life. Does anyone remember the pair of high heels? They weren't mine, they were Stacey's. And she used it as an illustration of, look, with, with Stacey's medical condition, it hurts too much to wear high heels. But she's got these high heels because she knows one day she's going to be healed and she's going to walk in these shoes. Why you'd want to, I don't know. Because she can't. <laughs> and then she, she gave us the analogy of building a room. And if you're here, you'll get that. If you don't get that, you want to listen to the podcast. They'll be up sometime during the week. Um, but it was really, really, really good. So I just want to encourage you, build the room, buy the shoes. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, search Life Church Benalla on the podcast feed and you'll find it. Now, just before I get into the crux of the message, Thursday night we got an email from uh, this collective of neighbours who are keeping a close eye on one of the water authorities that regulates the water down our creek. And got an email saying, hey guys, just to let you know, due to the ongoing dry conditions, the daily flow has been cut to 0.6 of a megalitre, which is 600,000 litres is a lot of water, but not down on a creek line, it'll, it, it won't run. So that was, if I was one of my Gen X, Gen Y staff members, totes annoying. <laughs> yeah, hashtag. Because Stace and I both gardeners, so we bought our place because it's, pretty much drought-proof when it rains. <laughs> yeah, the irony was not lost on me either. I've got a dry well, I've got a creek that's going dry, I've got rain that's not gutters, that aren't sending anything in my tanks. And you know, that was really upsetting. And this happened about a month ago when they cut the, the supply off for a couple of weeks to do some maintenance works on the offtake on the reservoir. And it left us completely unawares. Our tanks were near empty. Our pool was down. And we're like, oh, no water. So, you know, Stacey and I are gardeners. We love gardening. I love, it's not a lawn. I call it grass because it's green, but it's weedy, but it grows. So it's good and it's green. So we, we love, that's why we bought it. We like having a pool. We like having long showers. Amen. Yes, active listening. I love that. Long showers, the kids like deep baths, not shallow baths. And it, I got to thinking, I was really frustrated, and I thought, hang on, Stacy's shoes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and buy an umbrella. So I bought an umbrella. I would bring it with me today, but I lost it. <laughs> I think it's in the office at work. But So I've got my umbrella, and when I find it, and I will find it, or I will buy another one, that's going to be my high-heeled high shoes is my umbrella because I know that it will rain again. Amen? Amen? Amen. So I was really encouraged by that message last week, and I've gone out and bought an umbrella. I didn't buy high heels because I have no aspirations. Hey, let's just pray just quickly. Father, we love you. Lord, I just know your hands upon this word this morning. Father, I know your hands upon our nation. Lord, we just call down rain from heaven. Rain in the natural, rain in the spiritual. Father, I know you can break this drought. I know you can send rain, Father. We're all thinking of our umbrellas and looking forward to the time we, we pop our umbrellas again open because it's raining. We're looking forward to the day where we go, oh, I can't go riding because it's raining. Lord, I'm looking forward to those days. Lord, and we know today we're a day closer 
to this beautiful green northeast Victoria that we live into, Lord. So I just thank you for your provision. I thank you for wisdom as we wait patiently, we wait faithfully for rain. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You guys are amazing. Did you know that? Oh, a couple of you do. That's good. You guys are amazing. Did you know that? Yeah. I want to encourage you. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. Hey, Josh, can you hit record, mate? Good on you. Sweet. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you like that? You're God's masterpiece. You are amazing. Now, I think of masterpieces and they're things, they're things of beauty, things that are amazing, things that stand out. You're all God's masterpiece. Amen? He created us anew in Christ Jesus. So when you come to faith, when you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, look what happens. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So you're a masterpiece and you're created to do something. Amen? Can I get an amen? Yeah. So what I want to do today is I want to emphasize the do. And I'm going to call it practical faith. I was going to call it the posture of faith. I had all these things and practical faith was easier to say. Now we know Stacy used Romans 12.3 last week. She mentioned that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And we know that that scripture in Romans is, is directed towards believers. And Stacy explained it really well last week and I encourage you to grab that podcast later in the week because she goes into it. I don't want to recap her entire message. So we've all been given faith. Amen. So let's take the logical next step and call it practical faith. And I, I want this morning, I want to talk about balance this morning. And it'll become apparent more as I explain a little bit more as we go on what I'm talking about, about practical faith and balance. But I want to read you something from James 2, 14 through, the 20, through to 20. I'm reading from the, I typically read from the New Living, guys, um, just because I, I do. Uh, okay, and I assure you, this is in the Bible. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Amen. What kind of, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. I'm trying to do that in Matt's accent. <laughs> but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Ooh, that's in the Bible. Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Verse 19 goes on to say, You say you have faith, for you believe there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Check it, it's in the Bible, it really is. 20, verse 20 says, How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? See, 
I read that and I go, unless I do something with my faith, it's useless. I'm really challenged by that because it tells me that even demons have faith. So, yeah, even even demons have faith. So I need well, I'm you know I'm a bit better off than them. So there's keys in there. So I want to bring some challenge. I want to bring some balance to this because we have you know I I know we have churches that are, are, are all about good works, but if you walked in there and expect the Holy Spirit to move, you'd be waiting a while. And the balance has shifted too far. And I don't want to be that church. I don't want the balance to shift too far that way. But then there's a risk we could be so far the other way that we're lost in praise and worship for hours on end, which is not a bad thing at times, and we do that. We have focus in some services and open heaven nights, and then all of a sudden we're all about meeting on a Sunday and we become this closed club and we get all happy happy and we love the feel and we love the presence of the Holy Spirit and so we should. I'm not saying we... we but that's all we do. We're all just about the Sunday, the 25-minute the worship set and getting lost in the presence and that's good, but there's more. We've got to be balanced in how we do it. So I want to encourage us this morning as we explore this to think about balance. Think about balance in your own life because if you're, you know, faith without works is dead. I know Go into all the world where instructed and preach the gospel. So, you know, there's something about the call on our lives, which is go, go. It's not just hold a church service and that's it. It's go into all the world. Amen? That's, that's, that's practical faith. I want to share a story with you about Stacy and I. Don't worry. Where's Stace? She's somewhere there. I'm out of throwing distance. That's good. I want to share a story with you about when we bought our first house. Now, I don't know if you've been down that path or you're planning to go down that path or you're actively in that at the moment, but I can tell you from personal experience, it is not easy. And I remember I had faith for it. I remember I rented a... um, farmhouse halfway between Benalla and Tadong and I I had faith I, I'd walk around and I'd go God thank you for giving me this property and I'd claim this property I'd name it and I'd claim it I remember I used to look after my landlord who had the beautiful big farmhouse a kilometer down the driveway and I'd walk around there and say God I just believe you're going to give this to me this is mine I just claim this in Jesus name and I named it and I claimed it and I just remember, and I remember that that was great. That was really, really good. But if that is all I had done and left it there, I would still be walking around those paddocks right now. See, I had faith that God was going to bless me with my first house, but... And I remember Stacy and I, Stacy, you know, we, we ran out of water... We moved into town. We rented this really nice house not far from the Mora Bowls Club. It was on a, oh, it felt like a triple block. It was a huge block, a beautiful original double brick house. And I remember there and I'm thinking, oh, God, this is it. I just claim this in Jesus' name. I just think this, is, this could be our property. You know, I just remember just thinking, oh, I've got faith for this. 
And so we had to get practical. Stace is very practical. I was very bad with money. Stace married me with a $1,000 credit card debt because I'd bought a set of alloys for my Commodore Ute. Yeah, priorities. Um, I didn't have the Commodore Ute when we got married. I'd sold that, but I still had the credit card debt from the mags that I put on my Commodore Ute. It was awesome. It was a VHS Pack Series 3, and it was super awesome. And when I traded it in, it was in showroom condition. I love my Ute, and I still miss it today. And a P-plater bought it and wrote it off about two weeks later. Yes, I know. I know. So... When Stace married me, I had a really nice Hilux ute, had about 40,000 Ks on the clock. It was pretty much spotless. And I'd made a good financial decision. I had a lot of equity. Yeah, I had a, had a car loan. That's fine. No issues with that. Um, and Stace started, we started working. We're like, well, there's no way we can get our first house and pay off two cars. It's like, it's nice to have this nice fancy Hilux ute with the bull cab, bull, bull cab, bull cab. Whoops, I'll edit that out of the podcast. Booba. Like it was a, it's a Hilux. I mean, who doesn't want a Hilux? They're awesome. They're the, they're great. And anyway, we, we made, well, it was a hard for me. I don't know how hard the decision was for Stacey, but the Hilux Ute had to go. So we sold the Hilux Ute. We bought a commercial industrial, uh, domestic industrial washing machine, a vacuum and something else, I can't remember. And then we put the leftover money after we'd cleared the loan into a savings account. And then we started saving. So Stace, she had faith. I had faith. Stace was really good with the practical stuff. I ended up driving around this old beaten-up Subaru ute for a while, which was fun, but I hated because it wasn't new and it had dints and... And then we started, on our journey, started looking at houses and I was counting it up the other night and I think we looked at somewhere between 12 and 14 houses. And during this process, our deposit was building and it's not easy to save for a deposit, I can tell you that. It's easy when you got, it's easier with two incomes, but our deposit was growing. We were looking through these houses, we'd managed our expectations, we knew what we could kind of afford and quite frankly, some of them were dumps. Like, honestly, I just, it was, during that process, I finally understood how agents can embellish the truth. <laughs> I remember we looked at one place that needed minor maintenance. It, the rooms went up like that. You'd walk up a hill in the lounge room and down. Oh, yeah, just a bit of adjustment to the stumps, that's all it needs. I'm thinking it needs ripping down. Oh, yeah, it's a three-bedroom. It didn't have three bedrooms, it had a sunroom. Oh, well, you can put a bed in the sunroom. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, anyway. And so, look, thank God we, we found a place and we, we bought it, we did the thing, we, we cashed in our, our savings and, and got a loan and, and finally we made the leap. And I didn't realise this, but the day we moved in, <laughs> Stacy cried. Stacy, did you? You cried. She cried. I thought she was tears of joy, but apparently not. And I remember when we'd moved into this house, it was covered from floor to ceiling in wallpaper. And I took two weeks off work. I'll have this place renovated in two weeks. <laughs> I had one room emptied of wallpaper in two weeks. That was about it. And then we started a 
three or four year journey of renovations. Oh my goodness, did we learn what not to do and we learnt what we could do and what I was not capable of. And I think at one time I put in a shelf for a microwave and I karate kicked it off the wall because it was so frustrating. <laughs> Stacey's like, I didn't know you could kick above your shoulders. Apparently when I'm frustrated, I can kick above my shoulders. But I just want to just want to say that that place was not where we wanted up. That that was not what was in our heart. That was not what we had the faith for. But that was a step on the journey, and that was a very hard step on the journey. We we went through hell in that property. I don't need to go into the details, but I, it took me a number of years to recover from some of the mental anguish we went through in that property. It wasn't Stacy and I, it was external influences, but um, it was hell. And God was gracious. He did the miraculous a number of times. We've been able to buy another property, sell another property, make money, and finally buy a property in an area we love. But, yeah, we had faith for it. We saw in our hearts, we knew what we wanted, where we wanted to be, but we had the faith but then we had to take the steps to get there. We had to save, we had to renovate. There was that period of hell we went through. Um, but I can honestly say that partnering our faith with the skills and talents and disciplines that God had given us and given my wife, we were able to, hand in hand with God, walk through that journey and get to where we are today. Amen? Amen? So those days where I'd walk around my landlord's property claiming it, I reckon God was saying, oh, good on you. You've got no idea. (laughs) But that's where I was at. And it took my beautiful wife, who has discipline in finances and, and was able to let me know what needed to happen that got us there. See... My idea of faith, my idea of faith until that period of my life had been this. And look, I had influences in my life and specific ministries I would listen to a lot that actually influenced this was, well, if it's God's will, it will happen. And, you know, name it and claim it and it'll come along. And I know that does happen. I'm not discounting the miraculous. Hear my heart this morning. I know God can do the miraculous. Amen. He can absolutely. I have seen it, but I also know that he wants to partner with us. We're here. We're here to do, what's to say, so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Amen. Amen. You've got specific skills and talents that God can use and partner with and we'll make it happen. Amen. You put the skills and God-given skills and abilities and talents and disciplines combined with the faith that he's given you, you can do amazing things. Amen. So I had this passive, you know, oh, well, you know, it's, if, it's, if it's God will, like it was just absolutely passive. And, you know, I just float around and, oh, well, if he, you know, he'll... And I just think that sometimes God's waiting for us to do something. So I've taken this attitude now, God stop me. 
Sometimes I just step out now and go, God, if this is not your will, you stop me. Because you're silent on the matter. I think this is the way to go. Stop me. And often something will come up and I'll go, ooh, that was, I'll go this way. That was a bad idea, really bad idea. Let's leave that alone. And I've had things fail. Often at work I'll go, God, I need you to help in this situation or with this challenge. And often, very honest, I will hear nothing. I won't get an indication. I'll go, well, Lord, you direct my path. I trust you. I know you've given me certain skills and abilities. You've given me a great team. We're going to start walking in this direction. And I just need you to pick me off if I fall over. And sometimes I absolutely fall over, fail. And you know what? I learn so many lessons that I will try not to do that again. That's, that's what life's about. It's about learning those lessons. But I love it. I love this journey because God's got you. It doesn't matter what the circumstances is. God has got you in the end. Amen. He's not there to set you up to fail because he sets us up for good things. For I know the plans I have for you. Amen. Amen. He's got good things for us. You know, when I got that news via the email chain on the Thursday night that Ryan's Creek was about to stop, first thing I did was say, God, I know you can send the rain. God, I know that creek can can keep flowing. I've got a well. I walk around my well occasionally and I say, God, you can fill this well. I know you can. But when I got that email, you know what I went and did? I went and started up at the pump on the creek and I filled my tanks because I got the message, I knew this was happening, I prayed and then I went and started my pump and I got ready. See, I've got faith that he's going to supply, he's going to meet our water needs, whatever that is, but I've also got practical knowledge and wisdom that says, hey, go and fill that tank up and fill fill that pump up with petrol and fill your tanks up. And last night I had all those sprinklers on for four hours because the creek's still, still going, I can still fill my tanks. So I'm soaking everything. I'm like, right, if I've got to nurse this garden through... I'm going to do it. And I looked down my dry well. I thought I'd better get down and clean that out. Actually, this would be a good time to clean that out because when the rain comes, when that that groundwater fills up again, this well's going to run even better than it ever has. And maybe next time it'll get me through. See, faith, practical faith, is going, God, I know you can and you've given me this. You've given me stuff I can do as well. Now, I know, I know there are circumstances where there is nothing you can do. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I've got those circumstances in my life as well. Hmm. Amen. I want to encourage you with this, Matthew 19. Camel, eye of needle, you know this one. Matthew 19, 24 to 26, I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astonished. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, It is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. And see, I believe that through my faith journey, 
I've come up against things, health things, things in work, things in relationships that seem impossible. And I do everything I can. But sometimes I just need to know that it looks impossible to me. But with God, everything is impossible. Amen. 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 You know, I want to see this church grow in numbers. That's just something that burns in my heart. It's not about, hey, look at us, we're 200, we're 300, we're 400. Because, and I want to see all good churches in Manila grow in numbers. That's important because it's not about numbers, but it's a logical next step that if we've got a community in faith, then good things happen in the community. If, if many in our community are following Jesus, good things are going to happen. It's just natural, isn't it? So why not here? Why not this building? Why not this church? It's a good church. It's a good church. We've just had the national president of our movement here uh, a fortnight ago. He loved our church. He encouraged all of us country pastors and leaders that why not, why can't you have a strong church in the country? Amen. I, I, I take hold of that. I've got, got big ideas. I see places around town. I think, oh, once we feel this, we could look, investigate that. Once we feel this, oh, that's a good block. You know, I, but just following on with these principles I'm trying to, trying to share, that it's not going to happen just by calling them in in the prayer meeting, calling them in in the service if we're not engaging our practical faith. Amen? I mean, prayer is key. Prayer is the first point of call. Prayer is powerful. You need to understand just how powerful prayer is. See, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. See, God thinks abundantly. So I know that it doesn't matter how big I can think, he's thinking bigger. So I've taken up the challenge. But one thing, I want to give you an example of, of what I'm talking about, a practical faith example. Has anyone seen our website? Put your hand up if you've seen our website. I am so sorry. It is terrible. It is pathetic. Now, I can say this because I built it, but I'm not a web designer. It is shocking. Have you seen Planet Shaker's website? Have you seen Hillsongs? Have you seen New Life Chapel, Wodonga? Have you seen Joy Wangaratta? They're awesome. They're exciting. They're interesting. I want to go there. Maybe I'll find out it's not as good as I thought, but at least I want to go there. And see, I'm challenged by that because I know in our day and age, that that is one practical thing we can do. And don't worry, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It won't be like that in 2020. I can tell you that much. But it's a, like, I don't go, I'm going to the coast in a couple of weeks. I'm going fishing and I'm not going to use a paper clip. I'm going to use a chemically sharpened mustard hook to catch fish. I'm not going to use a paper clip. 
So why would I use a paper clip to advertise my church when I can use a chemically sharpened hook? You know, it's all about practically engaging our faith. God, you can grow this church. He's like, yeah, but can you fix your website? <laughs> yes, God, I can. And if you don't want it to happen, stop me. <laughs> across the street, across the globe is our missions catch cry. Across the web is something we need to add to that because that's big in this day and age. And like it or not like it, it's a fact of life in a Western country like Australia. And I know that, I'm wise to that, and I need to fix that because that's something I can fix. Amen? So there you go. There's an example of practical faith. Band are going to come up very shortly. But I want to share... It's the little things. So a website, it's the little things. It's a dozen upon dozen little things that make up the whole. And I want to share this thought to you from John C. Maxwell. It's called Just for Today. And I love this. I've got to print this out again and stick it up on my office. It says, Just for Today, I will choose and display the right attitudes. Just for Today, I will determine and act on important priorities. Just for today, I will know and follow healthy guidelines. I will communicate with care for my family. I will practice and develop good thinking. Just for today, I will make and keep proper commitments. Just for today, I will earn and properly manage finances. Just for today, I will deepen and live out my faith. Just for today, I will initiate and invest in solid relationships. Just for today, I will plan for and model generosity. Just for today, I will seek and practice good values. Just for today, I will act on these decisions and practice these disciplines. And then, one day, I will see the compounding results of one day lived well. And I want to encourage you this morning, church, every day, you're going to see the compounding results of that one day lived well as you walk out your faith, as you give it to God and you combine your God-given skills and abilities and disciplines and talents, you're going to see the outcome. See, practical faith is how you get a wife or a husband. I believe God had a life partner for me, but I had to ask Stacy out and be embarrassed in the process. Practical faith is how you get children, and I'm not going there. <laughs> I knew, I knew where you all went. But when Stacy bowed me up in the hallway and said, I want a baby, the practical reality of it is we had to go from two incomes to one and we were about to buy a house. So we had to plan and discipline for the reality of that when we having children, we were going from two incomes to one. The practicalities of it were budget and budget good. Amen. 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 Sometimes practical faith looks like this. Not a funny man in his early 40s. Freezing. I'm going to finish with this. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore... Take up the whole armour of God that you may, able to, you may be able to withstand in the evil day 
and having done all, to stand. Sometimes that's it. You need to give it to God. You've done all you can. You just have to stand. 1 Corinthians 16.13 says, Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Amen. Amen. So there's the doing stuff. There's the giving it to God. And sometimes you give it to God and you stand. And the doing is the standing on his word. God, I claim that. I don't see that in my life. But I stand on your word. I want to close with this prayer. The team are going to lead us in whatever worship song you want to do. Stacey, you can close the meeting. It's called the Serenity Prayer. Serenity now. Anyone like Seinfeld? Serenity now. <laughs> we say that a lot in our house. We're Seinfeld fans. It says this, God grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change. Amen. That's that stand firm in faith. I can't change it. God, I can't change it. I leave it with you. God, grant me the courage to change things I can. God, I want a house. I'm going to save and I'm going to believe miraculously you're going to provide. Amen. And then it ends with this and the wisdom to know the difference. That's the balance part of this morning's message is the wisdom to know when to stand, when to fight, when to just give it to God and stand firm. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Would you stand this morning? Josh, if you change over to the worship lights, that would be good. I'm just going to pray for you this morning. I hope that's encouraged you because that's not meant to be a condemning word in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying it's not stuff you're doing. It's just always good to be reminded about this. Amen. Because you're amazing. You are amazing. Started off the message reminding you that you're amazing. For we are God's masterpiece, it says in Ephesians 2.10. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to pray for you generally. Father, I just thank you for these men and women of faith. Lord, I thank you that you give them the courage to do when they need to do. Lord, I thank you that you give them the serenity and the peace that comes with handing something over to you when we can do nothing. And Lord, I thank you for the wisdom to know when, where the balance is in any given situation, Father. Lord, I pray for our church, Father. I thank you that you're building an influential large church here in Benalla. Lord, I pray your blessing on the house, Father, for the leadership team. Give us wisdom to honour you, to steward the resources you've given us well. Father, I pray for our senior pastors who are on, on holiday at the moment, Lord. I just pray for your refreshing in Jesus' mighty name. I just pray for your refreshing right across this church in Jesus' mighty name.